Welcome to Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's Word. Please join us now as we hear a message from Pastor Toledo. God is good. Amen. Hallelujah. It's so good to see live people. Woo! I know I've been preaching to live people. It's so good to actually see live people. God is so good. Amen. And once again, we want to welcome all of our online family. And, um, you know, the Lord has grown our church family because people are tuning in from different parts of the country, different parts of the globe, and we're one in the spirit. Amen. And that's why I'm even going to be talking about that today. So I'm excited about, you know, sharing the word of God. But I'm so glad that we could be together. And what we're going to do right now is take an offering. And we're going we're gonna to express our gratitude and our praise to God for the last six months, right? Things are kind of shifting back to normal. They're, they're not normal, but they're shifting back in that direction. We're actually able to meet. But whether we were physically together or not, how many would agree Jesus has been with us every step of the way? He's provided for us. He's cared for us. He's protected us. He's healed us. He's helped us. He's been so good and so faithful. And we want to give an offering to him right now. And I, I want to encourage you to pause whenever you go to give. Even if, even if you've got your, your, uh, your finances like, you know, programmed and it's like automatic. I want to encourage you. Whenever you get paid, pause. Whenever income comes into your life, whenever blessing comes into your life, pause. And don't forget for a second who deserves all the glory and all the honor and all the praise. How many would say amen? <laughs> Hallelujah. So let me pray. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you, Lord, that um, we've taken a, a step closer to being uh, physically together again. And we thank you for the opportunity to be able to worship in your house together. But Lord, we celebrate you right now. We celebrate your faithfulness, your kindness, your protection, your provision, your comfort, your strength, your healing. Every good and perfect gift comes from you. And we thank you that there's never a moment in the day when you, oh God, turn. There's no shadow of turning with you. And so Lord, we give back to you. And we celebrate you and we worship you and we honor you. We say thank you for all of your blessings, all of your care. And now, Lord, we want to give and we ask, oh God, that not only would this gift bless your heart, but also that it would be used to bless the kingdom, to expand the kingdom of God for your glory and honor and praise. And Lord, I pray for anyone who's struggling financially, anyone who needs deliverance. Lord, we touch and agree, Lord. And we ask for you to step in right here and right now in the powerful name of Jesus. Be Jehovah Jireh, the great provider. We thank you. Do it by your mighty power. Bless this offering. Use it for the furtherance of your kingdom in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said... Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. 
Praise the Lord. All right, so get your Bible out now. And I want you to turn to Romans, the book of Romans chapter 1. And I want to talk to you today a message titled, Real Community. And today is sort of like a, a, a kind of pastoral sort of dad talk. Um, uh, my, when, when my kids were little, we used to have family meetings. They used to, kids used to say, oh, no, are we in trouble? But, you know, we'd pray together and talk, and um, nobody's in trouble today, I'm just saying. <laughs> and, but, but I want to talk to you to um, sort of encourage you into the highest level of clarity. Um, we need to, to really be clear about the fact that the Lord has called us to be a real spiritual kingdom community. And the fact that we're back together again, um, uh, at least some of us, doesn't necessarily uh, mean that, that the, the spiritual community part of all of this has actually changed. You know, think about it. After this service, this is now a third service of the day. At best, we've had less than a third of our, our church family together. Two-thirds are still in, in their homes or, 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 or online through their, through, you know, from their, coming from their workplaces. And, and, and from all sorts of places, people are dialing into our services. Um, but whether they're here or whether they're there, how many know we're still the spiritual community, the spiritual family of God? Could somebody say amen? And it's important for us to understand that. From the very beginning of time, the church has had many forms based on what was happening in the culture. So we might think this is strange and unique that, man, we haven't been able to meet together for six months. But it's not really that strange or that unique. The church has had many, many different forms. But it was always uh, uh, the real community, the true kingdom and body of Christ. So let me give you a, a couple of uh, uh, um, uh, maybe, maybe points of the birthing of the church of God that you may not be aware of. So in Acts chapter 1, the, the, the people got together this wise. In Acts chapter 1, look at what it says. It says, when the apostles arrived, they went upstairs to the room where they were staying. The church was born in an upper room. They all joined together constantly in prayer along with women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. The church started in the upper room. I don't know if you know that. But Jesus rose from the dead. And then he sent the Holy Spirit. When Jesus sent the Holy Spirit, when the Spirit came down, that's when the church of Jesus Christ was actually born. That's when now the Holy Spirit could dwell, not in buildings and not in the physical body of Christ himself, but he would dwell by his Spirit in all of the people of God. How many know we are the temple of the Holy Ghost, whether we're in this building or at the kitchen table or in the living room right now? How many know we are the temple? of the Holy Spirit. And so the Spirit of God came down and the church was born in the upper room. But look, just right in chapter 1, it continues. It says, uh, it says, every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. 
So they went from the upper room and then they began to grow and then they met in the temple courts. And then it says they broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. So they met in the upper room, they met in temple courts and then they started to meet in homes. Just like people are meeting in homes right now. But it was still the spiritual kingdom community of God. What many people don't know is that when the book of Acts ends, there was a great wave of persecution that came upon the church. So for, from, uh, from the moment that, 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 Acts, that the book of Acts ends in the, let's say, uh, uh, 60s, AD 60s, from that time on, the church went into persecution and people couldn't really meet like this. So, for example, um, in, aid, uh, in 168 A.D., Justin Martyr, we know that, that he was uh, martyred. Um, uh, Justin was living above a bathhouse, and here's the way he had to do church at that time. He said, I've been living above, above the, baths, the baths for the entire period of my sojourn at Rome. He was in Rome. And he says, and I have known no other meeting place but here. I didn't, in other words, he couldn't go to places to worship because it wasn't conducive to that. He said, anyone who desired could come to my residence and I would give to him the words of truth. So he was having church in his house. You see, because that's all that was available at the time. But notice, it didn't stop the kingdom of God. It didn't stop the body of Christ. It didn't stop the real community. Nothing stops the real community. How many would say amen? amen? Nothing at all can stop the real community of God. By 250 AD in Persia, in Dura Europas, then there was the first known dedicated Christian church building. And it was converted from multiple homes. Apparently people gave their homes and they actually, they did their own kind of beyond project. And then they built the church and then they started to worship there. Two, uh, this was 250. This was, this was, you know, further on, significantly past the close of the book of Acts. Then they started to meet together again. And listen, in 258 A.D., look at what the church in Alexandria did. In Alexandria, Greece, the church gathered in cemeteries on the outskirts of town. How's that for a church building strategy? I thought, man, that might be pretty effective to be preaching by tombstones. <laughs> but what they did is they said, you know what, they won't look for us here. They won't even think to find us here. So they were, they were lifting their voices and singing right around the tombstones. How many know Jesus is everywhere where the people of God are? How many would say amen? <laughs> and Jesus is in this house and Jesus is in your house. See, because we are the real community. Now, in 306 A.D., the, um, the Roman emperor Constantine was actually converted. He had this experience with God. And then he was the first one to make Christianity. He made it the national religion. And he established the first construction projects of dedicated, uh, uh, of dedicated church buildings. And so... 
at 300 AD, then all of a sudden people could come to church like you came to church without risk per se of persecution and struggle and hardship. Um, but here's the interesting thing. It was at this point, from this point on, the church actually got weaker. And the church got weaker because it got politicized because even though they were meeting in buildings, they weren't growing into and continually becoming the real community. And so it's important for us to have clarity that whether we're here today or whether we're at, 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 in a different home, we praise God that we're here, but nothing can stop the power of God. Nothing can stop the kingdom of God. And we are called to be the real community of God. I want to read to you an example of real community, but let me give you a simple definition of real spiritual community right now. So real community is a gospel-centered group of people, okay? We are here because we've all been impacted by the gospel. We all met Jesus. Aren't you thankful for the day that you met Jesus? It's because of the good news that we're here. It's because of the good news that you could look around this room and see every tribe, every tongue, people from all walks of life, every color, every nationality, different types of jobs, different types of education, different kinds of income. Why? Because the gospel is for everyone. Jesus is for everyone. And we've been touched and changed by the life of Christ. How many would say amen? It's all because of the gospel. It's all because of the gospel, because of what Jesus has done. So a real community is a gospel-centered group of people that form a local body and live by the power of the word and spirit. And live by the power of the word and spirit. Yes, we're meeting together now. But meeting together as important as it is, and it's very, very important for everyone to understand. We'll talk about this in the days ahead, okay? As the church goes opening up, brothers and sisters, and as God permits, and as wisdom permits, because some people are watching online right now, and, um, and there was wisdom that you didn't come, maybe your health is compromised. But as God permits, and as wisdom permits, okay, how many know we need to gather together when we can but until that happens, we can still be a spiritual, a very powerful spiritual community. Nothing can stop the power of God if we really invite the power of God's word and God's spirit. We have spent 10 weeks talking about the fruit of the spirit, the vibes of the spirit. And we, we, we went week by week talking about what the Holy Spirit can grow inside of us. And we need the Spirit to grow uh, the fruit of the Spirit, the vibes of the Spirit inside of us. And when God grows the fruit of the Spirit inside of you, it's for character. Everyone say character. And what that means is, is that God wants to grow inside of us his own personality and his own nature and his, his ways, the way he talks, the way he acts, the way he loves. That's what the fruit of the Spirit does. And the fruit of the Spirit grows 
character. Fruit is for character. But when the church was born, there was an outpouring of the Spirit of God. And when the Spirit of God was poured out on the, 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 uh, on the apostles, then there was also power. Everyone say power. There was power for service and ministry. And a real spiritual uh, community has the Holy Spirit working by the word of God to produce character and power for service. That we minister wherever we go, wherever, whatever the circumstances are, we're, we're full of godliness. We're acting and walking in godliness, but then we're also walking in power. I want to show this to you from an example. Now, you can follow along while I'm making uh, uh, these points. But in Romans chapter 1, what you see is a, a, I could have used any of the epistles, but I'm going to just use the Apostle Paul, okay, who was writing to the Romans. Look, listen to this. To all in Rome who are loved by God and called to be his holy people. Now, Paul was not in Rome, but he was writing to Rome. So we could put to all, to all in Chicago or, or wherever you find yourself today who are loved by God and called to be his holy people. How many know we are called to be his holy people? Could somebody say amen? Okay, so he says, to all in Rome who are loved by God and called to be his holy people, grace and peace to you from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you because your faith is being reported all over the world. These people were full of faith. Faith comes by hearing and the hearing of the word of God. A real spiritual community is full of the word of God and that word of God produces great faith. Faith that overcomes the obstacles and the hardships and the difficulties of any season or time. Right? He says, uh, uh, your faith has been reported all over the world. God whom I serve in my spirit in preaching the gospel of his son is my witness how constantly I remember you in, everyone say these two words with me, ready? My prayers. That's going to be important today. Okay? Because how many know a real spiritual community, they do what? They pray. Then it says, at all times, and I pray that now, at last, by God, uh, at last, by God's will, the way may be open for me to come to you. I long to see you so that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to make you strong. Okay, I want to get together because when we get together, I want to give you a gift that makes you strong. That's part of the reason why we get together. That's real spiritual community. And that is that I may be mutually encouraged that, I'm sorry, that you and I may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. I do not want you to be unaware, brothers and sisters, that I plan many times to come to you, but have been prevented from doing so until now. So notice, even the Apostle Paul got delayed from gathering with the people of God. So our delays are not as strange 
as they seem. Our inability to gather together uh, uh, um, are not just unique to our time. They're unique in the context of it, a pandemic, et cetera, et cetera. But look, even in the beginning of the church, there were moments in time where there were these obstacles and struggles and hindrances, but it didn't stop the power of God or the kingdom of God. In fact, every situation was used by God because look at this, but have been prevented from doing so until now. Look at this, in order that I might have a harvest among you. So Paul was actually saying the fact that I was separated from you brought a new kind of crop out of you. The fact that I couldn't be with you brought something fresh and new and powerful out of you. How many believe God can bring something fresh and new and powerful out of the body of Christ right now? There's a harvest, even in this context, there's a harvest for the glory of God. Because God is still working as a spiritual community, the spirit of God and the word of God, it's still working. God is working. You're, at your, you're in your home. You're at your kitchen table. You're in, the, in your living room. But God is still working there. All things work together for the good. And that's why we don't let these things shake us. Amen. We don't let it shake us because it's harvest time. Come on, somebody say amen. So here's Paul saying, I wanted to get to you, but I couldn't get to you. But you know what? After a while, and here's what happens. He said, after a while, I figured out that God was doing something in a way that I wasn't really necessarily thinking or getting. But how many know God is always doing something? When I first got into the ministry, uh, I, I remember learning a lesson from the Lord. And I remember I was praying about something. And um, you ever pray complain? <laughs> it's kind of like pray complaining, you know what I'm saying? So, and I, I felt like the Lord... It wasn't an audible voice, but I really felt impressed on my heart. Like the Lord was like, don't you think I could change this right now? Don't you think I could fix this and change this like in a second? Don't you realize I'm trying to do something else? I'm trying to bring something out of you and grow something new in you. That's all that this is. It's still harvest time. God is still growing us and strengthening us by his mighty power. Come on, put your hands together. Hallelujah. And so even, could you, could you put the verse uh, back up? No, yeah. So even, even at that time, he says, in order that I might have a harvest among you, just as I have had among the other Gentiles. And so Paul wanted to go to Rome, but God had him working someplace else. He had them separated, but God was still working in both places. So I can tell you right now, in the real community of God, whether you're at home or whether you're here, God is still working in both places. That's what we know. And it's important for us as Christians because uh, um, having, this is why I want to have a kind of a family talk. It's important to me as your pastor that you are doing well in God regardless of where you find yourself. Because we're part of the real spiritual community. Could somebody say amen? We're part of the kingdom of God. We're part of the body of Christ. 
And everybody can do well no matter where you are. No weapon formed against us shall prosper. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And so it's very, very important for us to understand real community. And I just want to pray a moment and then give some application points to us so that we could receive in a fresh way, in a deep way, no matter where we find ourselves today. You know, we Christians at times, here, let me say this before I pray, but we Christians at times, we make certain things like super big and, and they're not that big. And then we make the big things small. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, for example, have you ever noticed that when Jesus did miracles, he would do a miracle and then he'd just keep moving on? You know, just keep moving on, keep living. Some churches, there's one miracle, and then you want to build a monument and a statue around a miracle. There's no statues. How many know there's more miracles, there's more power, there's more glory, there's more transformation. We just keep walking close to Jesus. That's the way it always was. God is great. God is on his throne. He's on the throne when it's good. He's on the throne when it's bad. He's on the throne when we can get together. He's on the throne when we can't get together. We're still the family of God and the body of Christ. And so I want to pray today that the Lord would give us fresh clarity about real community as we learn from this simple example. Let me pray. Father, thank you for all of my brothers and sisters that are here. But thank you for all of my brothers and sisters online. Thank you that we are one in the spirit. We're the children of the most high God. We're part of your kingdom. Father, let your kingdom come and let your will be done. On earth, through your people, through the spiritual community, the people of God, let your kingdom come and let your will be done. Bless this word. God, use it to further and strengthen the body of Christ for your glory and honor and praise. In the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said, amen and amen. Praise the Lord. So now, as we make these three quick uh, application points, when you look at this, this little simple passage of Scripture, one of the things that you see is that real community was not marked by physical presence, but by prayer. Paul wasn't with them, but he said, if you look in your text, look in the text, he says, I always remember you in my prayers. I never stop praying for you. Real spiritual community prays and cries out to God and develops a, a, a burden. How many know we're not a spiritual community because we're in the room. We're a spiritual community because we pray. It's because we're the kind of people who seek the face of God. Paul always remembered them in prayer. And prayer is what actually makes for a spiritual community. Prayer is what bridges the gaps and actually keeps us knit together even when we're far apart. Prayer is so powerful, brothers and sisters, that even when we're not together, if we pray for each other, we are together. 
And when you're growing in God and when you're really becoming part of the, the spiritual community, guess what happens? You start to pray for people. I hope the Lord has given you a burden for people during this time. Can I tell you, when you're part of the real community, you're not just praying for yourself. It's time to grow up and stop praying just for yourself. We need to pray for other people. We need to fight for other people. That's real community. Real community means that, that you wake up in the morning and when you go to seek God, it's not just your child, it's not just your situation. You're thinking, the, you're like opening, the Holy Spirit is bringing faces to you. You're saying, I pray for sister so-and-so and I pray for brother so-and-so. And you're calling upon the name of the Lord. How many know that's real community? I, I uh, um, want to encourage everyone here. If you haven't been operating with a burden for someone else, ask the Lord today. Lord, give me five people to pray for. Send their faces. Send their circumstances. Send their, you want to you wanna understand the spiritual realm? You want to hear the voice of God? You want to learn what it was like, like the original apostles, to walk in the spirit and to hear this and that? Just say, God, give me, oh Lord, give me prayers for people. Give me a burden for people. Give me a heart for people. And watch, you're going to start hearing from God at a whole new level. When I first started in the ministry, Pastor Simla taught me this and, uh, and, and Pastor Rivera I was, uh, when Christy and I got engaged, I did like an internship at one of the daughter churches of the Brooklyn Tabernacle. It's called Manhattan Grace Tabernacle. Well, I really said that like a New Yorker, Manhattan. <laughs> Manhattan Grace. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so, anyways, the pastor there, Pastor Rivera, I love him so much. Such an incredible man of God. And I was young in ministry, I was thinking about sermons and trying to be able to preach and all this. And here's what he taught me. He said, you know what I always pray? He said, I always pray, Lord, never let me lose a burden for the people. That's why he was so godly. He is so godly. That's why. And I, used to, I admired him. What a godly man. And you know why? It's because he walked around with his heart. Reaching out to God for other people. You want to you see, no matter what you're going through, you want to see your life change? Start to pray for people. Come on, somebody say amen. Amen. <laughs> Pastor Simbla told me, you want to preach, preach well? Here's what I learned about preaching well. He said, don't pray for your sermon. Pray for the people. Pray that God would give you words. One sentence that could help somebody. And I'm telling you right now, God will help you. Real community carries a burden. You carrying a burden today? Are you carrying a burden at home? Are you carrying a burden today? I'm telling you right now, the Holy Spirit wants to give each and every one of us a fresh burden from God. A burden that is bigger than just me. A burden that opens up our heart and says somebody needs me and I'm going to fight in the spirit. I'm going to pray. I'm going to cry out to God on their behalf. So much will change if we just start to really pray. That's what real community is like. So it's not marked by physical presence. Okay. Listen. 
If you've got more complaining going than compassion, you're not operating in real community. Instead of complaining, are things hard? Absolutely. Listen, brothers and sisters, part of the reason why we have to pray for each other is because things are so hard. But something happens. Something happens when you're thinking about somebody else and your heart is reaching out towards something. Instead of complaining about people, saying, God, help them, deliver them, strengthen them. How many would agree with me? That is real community. Can we put our hands together and say, yes, Lord. You can do that from wherever you are. You can do that from any place that you find yourself. So that's the first thing. Secondly, real community was not marked by group strength, but individual strength. Now this is interesting, isn't it? Because God's strategy, there's strength in numbers, amen? That's true. There's strength in numbers. We're supposed to gather together. We're better together. Everybody say we're better together. Absolutely. And as I said, as God permits, we need to keep meeting together. However, however, in the kingdom of God, what the Lord does, God's way, is he strengthens us in private. He makes us privately healthy between us and him. And then we gather together in public and we're even stronger. But a team is only as strong as the team members. So in real community, we don't just get strong when we're together. We get strong mostly when we're apart. If we get strong when we wake up in the morning and we seek God, he strengthens us individually. What is the big burden of our heart as your pastors, as your shepherds? We want to know that you're privately healthy. Are you privately healthy today? It's not what people see. It's what people don't see. Real community means that you have something going on between you and the Lord where you are actually receiving and becoming strong. Christianity is about receiving. What did you receive today? I want you to receive something from this message. But I hope you receive even before you got here for the message. You can receive tonight. You can receive tomorrow. You can receive tomorrow afternoon. How many would say amen? You know... When, um, when you're a kid, you're like, Ma, what's for dinner? Ma, what's for dinner? When you grow up, you know, it's like, make some food for yourself. So listen, are you feeding? Are you feeding? Because that's what makes real community. How many times did you open your Bible this week? And look, it's not about how many times, so to speak. But look, if you eat food every day, you drink water every day, how many believe we should read the Bible every day? Every day read your Bible because somebody say amen. That's real community. Real community means that we're self-feeders. Can I tell you, I heard this I heard this, this week and I, I was so blessed. There's a young lady in our church. She's in the sixth grade. Her name is Gabby. So... Her dad was coming to his iPad and going, what in the world is going on here? Every time I go to read my Bible, it's not where I left it. 
Like, who's, what's happening? It's changing. I wasn't reading here. I was reading someplace else. And, and where are my notes? So his daughter Gabby was getting in, reading the thing, saying, Dad, let me give you some real revelation. Writing notes in, in the iPad. Doing studies on her own. And then Gabby leads a group called God's Girls. And from her study, from her receiving, everybody say receiving. From her feeding on the word of God, from her getting from the word of God. She is pushing forward the kingdom of God and the community of God. Because she's meeting with young ladies her age. And she's leading them with the word and feeding them the word. And imparting the word of God. How many know we need to receive so that we can give out? And if a sixth grader can do it. How many know we can do it too? Could somebody say amen? <laughs> Hallelujah, Jesus, help us to receive. I'm telling you right now, God wants to give you something. See, notice the presumption in the Apostle Paul. He said, man, I can't wait to see you. You know why I can't wait to see you? Because... I've been spending time with the Lord. He doesn't say it, but here's what he's really saying. This is real community. He's like, I've been spending time with the Lord. And as I pray for you, Romans, the Lord has been showing me things. And he's been strengthening me. And you know what? I can't wait to see you because I'm strong enough. I'm full enough to actually give something to you. That's real community. Real community means that individually we receive. The group is only as strong as the individual receiving. Which I haven't been able to say this in a while, but you realize... Right, that when people come to church, they come, they're in different stages of spiritual maturity. And um, in those different stages of spiritual maturity, somebody is supposed to come in this church and learn how to seek God from your seeking God. When I first started going to church, I didn't grow up in church. I never heard any, I never saw people raise their hands. I never, I, never heard, I never heard somebody say, hallelujah, praise the Lord. I never saw any of that. I was just a kid from, from Brooklyn. I grew up in the hood and I, I, I go into this church. And then because of the community, because of certain individuals, I looked around and I was watching people see God and said, oh my goodness. These people have a relationship with God that I, I don't even understand. And they taught me and they fed me. You know why? Because they came to church ready to be a blessing because they were receiving in private. How many know we got to receive in private? So that when we get together, we can give something off in public. That's the way it was. And I'm telling you right now, when I went to the church, I didn't, the first people I met were not the pastors. The first people I met were the people. And again, Pastor Simla said this to me. He said, the chief mark of a ministry is not 
um, how big the church is. The chief mark of a ministry is not how good the preacher is. You know? It doesn't matter how eloquent, how articulate, it's not how popular he is. That's not the chief mark of a ministry. The chief mark of a ministry is actually the life and strength of the people. It's you. It's where you are. It's how you're doing. That's what really matters. That's what really counts. And in the, the real community of God, people are hunkering down alone with God. They're getting in the prayer closet and they're receiving so that God could make them strong. So whether you're here or whether you're there, how many know God wants to make us strong? And God wants to give us something. God wants us to receive. That's the will of God for us, for real community, regardless of where we find ourselves. And then here's the last point. Real community was not marked by natural connections, but by spirit power. So it's if they could send the musicians and the singers could get ready. So it's so funny because... We are a hugging church. Amen? And it's good to hug. The Bible says greet one another with a holy kiss. Right? So we ain't doing that, right? So, but we do hug. Right? And um, the body of Christ, there should be affection. There should be warmth and life and love. You know, why? Because our connection is something that goes beyond the natural. And yesterday when I got here, I've been giving this illustration all day, as I saw different people, I got like emotional and weepy um, because I was like, wow, you know, we haven't been together and we haven't been able to minister. Like I got to go to the Convoy of Hope, but, but it was different. Like today we're just here in worship and we were doing this, the tech rehearsal yesterday and I saw people and I saw Mike Merced who's been in our church for 12 years, right? Mike, come out. And when I saw Mike, uh, uh, I got so emotional. I almost just started bawling when I saw Mike, right? But here's the thing, Okay. So, my connection to Mike, I mean, he and his wife, they've served in every ministry. They've been here from the very beginning. Lisa, Lisa is, Lisa, stand up for a second. You're talking about original of original first service right here. This sister is still here serving God. Hallelujah. Amen. You can be seated. So, so look, I mean, I would have never met Lisa and her family. If it wasn't for the power of the Holy Spirit. I would never know Mike. I wouldn't know him. I, I, I just would never meet. I, would, I don't even know if I would have been in Chicago. You understand? Our connections are not after the flesh. You know, I, I, my parents are from Cuba. Uh, his parents are from Puerto Rico. You were born in Puerto Rico? So, yeah, he's still a platano. You know what I'm saying? Mofongo, right? Yeah, that's, that's. So, so look, we're not, we're, not, we're not brothers because of the color of his skin. We're not brothers because of where he was born or where I was born. We're not brothers because of how much education we have. 
that's all after the flesh. You see? But the Holy Spirit saves us. He washes us in the blood. He removes all of the things that separate us. How many are thankful for the blood of Jesus today that washes away all of that nonsense? And then he feeds us, he strengthens us so that we could be connected by the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm almost done. Real community, here's what happens. Real community prays and real community gets, gets like built up in God. Come to church built up, you know. Come ready. Like Paul said, I can't wait to see you because when I see you, I want to impart a spiritual gift to you. Okay, so remember, the, the fruit of the Spirit is for character, but the power of the Spirit is for ministry and service. Real community, there's this amazing ministry and service that when I see Mike, I could lay hands on Mike, social distancing, from afar, and say, be healed in the name of Jesus. And if he's discouraged, and if his mind is, 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 is overwhelmed by troubles, I could say in the name of Jesus, Lord, drive back every lie of the devil in Jesus' name. And that thing lifts right off of him. How many would say, that's real community? <laughs> words of knowledge. Words of encouragement. Words of life. Impartation. Real community means that you and I are walking with the power of the Holy Spirit so that we could meet together when I, I've got something to give to Mike. You see? And then I give to Mike. I give to Mike and then I say, okay, Mike, what do you got for me? Because notice the Apostle Paul didn't say, I want to give you a, spirit, a, a spiritual gift because I'm the Apostle Paul. He didn't say that. He said, no. He says, so that we could be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. So I minister to Mike, but Mike can also minister to me, which he has many times. You see? That's real community. Real community puts you so in the realm of the Spirit of God that you're actually, in the natural way, you're actually operating in the supernatural. You know, my wife, thanks brother, my wife was called to speak. She did a, uh, um, now instead of traveling to places, you get a, a, an invitation to speak and you record the message and you send it because of our context. But here was the interesting thing. So... The woman who called my wife, which is the head of a big women's ministry, she said they were talking. This could happen this week with you. They were talking, and all of a sudden the woman says, you know what, I just have to open up to you. And the woman opened up, and she was like, I'm about to have a procedure. Uh, uh, they, they've told me I have cancer and this and this. And she laid out this whole thing. And Chrissy started to pray for her, and they prayed together. Listen, the Bible says when two or three are together and whatever we agree upon, Jesus is going to be there. And when we pray in the name of Jesus, how many know the power of God is going to come down? And so she said they started to pray and she said to me, Al, the presence of God just flooded 
or, or however the Holy Spirit can do that just flooded both phones. Right? She was in Texas, my wife was saying they just prayed. She goes, I know God did something. I know God touched her. She goes, I know. And then sure enough, uh, a week later, four days late, later, whatever it was, she got the, the, the woman went. They did surgery. She was clean, clean, clean. How many know God is mighty? He's powerful and he wants to use. He wants to use his people. Come on, lift your hands right now and say, use me, Lord. God wants to use us. God, if you're at home watching online, God wants to use you. God wants to use us. He wants to make us his children, uh, uh, unleashed all throughout the city, all throughout the country, all throughout this world. He wants to release the people of God, full of the spirit of God, strong enough to give something to somebody. That's real community. Nothing can stop the real community of God. Nothing can stop the kingdom of God. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God wants to use us. He wants to use us. God wants to use us. Hallelujah, Jesus. How does that happen? We get with him. And he fills us with his life and power. 